Bete, who is chairing the proceedings, brought the letter to the attention of commissioners and read it to them. From Professor Helen Cruz from Rhodes University, who says she writes in her capacity as a member of the legal profession. Uh, she has been watching the proceedings since Monday with keen interest and with concern. Much has been reported in the media, particularly concerned with the sexist nature of the questions posed to President Maya and the unsubstantiated sexual harassment questions posed to Judge President Mlambo. Whilst I believe the sexual harassment questions were stuck from the record, I believe that the damage has already been done. Uh, given these questions, I which I believe to be unfair, I would ask that the chair consider starting the proceedings de novo, which is uh, afresh, with an admonition that commissioners treat the candidates fairly and or implicated commissioners are to step down. I believe that should the current proceedings be allowed to continue the commission's word could be set aside by a court of law. There were various proposals on how to deal with the letter. Commissioner Cyril Taba made the first proposal. Well, so those proposals eventually turned into that letter being expunged from the record. Uh, the last voice you heard, there was our reporter Mercedes Percent. Prior to that, that was uh, Deputy President of the Supreme Court of Appeal, Kola Petze, who eventually read out that letter. Let's get some uh, thoughts on this now and the entire process as it has unfolded this week. Uh, and we chat with the Executive Secretary at the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution, Lawson Naidu. Lawson, good to have you back. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Odell. Thank you very much. Should that letter have been expunged? Well, the letter should not, never have been read out in the first place. I mean, you know, th- this is a process of the Judicial Service Commission. If you know, uh, you know, if any one of us can write letters, and uh, we don't expect them to be read out at, at the sitting of the JSC. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I really do think that uh, it highlighted, uh, unfortunately, the weakness of Judge Pett's uh, uh, in terms of him presiding over these interviews this week. Generally, the, the process, talk to us about how it's unfolded, but, but also specifically about these incidents that are raised in the letter, the sexist nature of the questions to Judge President Maya, uh, the unsubstantiated claims of sexual harassment posed to Judge President uh, Mlambo. Well, maybe let's just start with that. I mean, again, uh, and, uh, you know, I referred to... to uh, Judge President Pets' uh, conduct in terms of uh, steering the uh, uh, the interviews this week. Those questions should never have been allowed. At the minute they were asked, he should rule them out of order and ask the questioner to move on and uh, and admonish them for uh, for raising those issues because there are clear guidelines in terms of how the JSC operates. Hmm. Uh, in cases where uh, matters are not of those nature, but if, take for example the issue with um, acting Chief Justice Zondo yesterday about the meeting with Mr. Zuma and the, the exchange of correspondence with the Minister of Justice. Those are issues that the candidate should have been forewarned about so that he would have been able to come there adequately prepared to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. The interviews are not an opportunity to ambush and embarrass people. 
which unfortunately some members of the JSC have been taken to doing on a consistent basis. And that's really the very reason that CASAC went to court last year to challenge the uh, validity of the JSC process when they conducted interviews uh, in April of last year. And uh, we reached an out-of-court settlement with the Judicial Service Commission, mm. and they had to rerun those processes. I, d- I don't think that's going to be necessary this time. Yes. Um, because uh, we need to understand that there's a slightly different nature of this JSC process. What the president is required to do is to consult the JSC before he uh, uh, makes an appointment as chief justice. Mm. So he's not bound by the recommendations of the JSC. So uh, despite the uh, imperfections in this process, I don't think they are fatal to the the outcome. I I just want to stick with the process because it's one that you've challenged in a court of law. Moving on from here now, how do we tighten up on this process? Because... Average South Africans can sit here and treat the, these, the, these hearings like, like it's a, a, an episode of a soap opera, but that's not what the purpose of this, this thing is. Well, you know, we as a civil society organizations have been arguing uh, for the longest time that there need to be clear set of objective criteria for uh, evaluating candidates for judicial office. Hmm. The JSC has refused to do that. And it's unconscionable that we have we put candidates through a 12-hour grinning process. I know of no other position in the world or in any other country in the world where uh, you know such interviews continue for that period of time. Uh, and we've got to be able to have a set of questions that are asked, and uh, you know, an interview that's conducted in a reasonable amount of time, but with the required decorum. This week we've had four. Senior judges in our judicial system, an acting chief justice, the judge president of the Supreme Court of Appeal, uh, the uh, judge president of the Gauteng Division, um, and, and, uh, and, a, and a sitting judge of the Constitutional Court. And the lack of decorum showed towards those highly esteemed candidates is really embarrassing. It does our country no favors. <laughs> Let's step away from the process now and just speak to me about what South Africa needs right now? You look at the, the U.S. Supreme Court, and it's the prerogative of a president to, if he's a Democrat, he will pick a more liberal one. If he's a Republican, he will pick a more conservative uh, judge to sit on that, that bench. What does South Africa need right now, in the view of KSAC, as the person that embodies the Chief Justice? Well, you know, I think we're in a very fortunate position, Udo, in that we've had four candidates this week who uh, would all uh, be able to carry out the functions of a chief justice. They clearly are just very different types of people with different strengths and perhaps some weaknesses that we've had highlighted during the course of these interviews. Uh, But all four of them could do it. But what we need is a strong leader that is really going to deal with the many challenges uh, that the judiciary faces. You know, the... uh, 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 the lack of access to resources, the introduction of technology, the transformation of the bench, and the legal profession more broadly, because we, you know, judges don't point, uh, don't appoint other judges. Mm. JSC does that, but they've got to create the conditions within courts to make it more attractive for uh, for people to uh, apply to become judges. And we've seen in recent years, very very few people have been willing to put their hands up. Uh, for, in particular, uh, positions on the Constitutional Court, be- 
because of the haranguing that candidates get, the candidates get before the Judicial Service Commission. So, uh, you know, the next Chief Justice is going to have to run uh, the JSC in a very firm manner and really call uh, commissioners to order when they uh, ask irrelevant questions that seek to make political points and have nothing to do with evaluating the ability or suitability of those candidates to hold judicial office. Lozenaidua, thank you so much for your time. He's the Executive Secretary at the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution. couple of your thoughts around this matter and the big post of the Chief Justice.